Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. That soothing song only means one thing. It means we're live here on the MA Fighting com YouTube page, UFC 259 Eve. It goes down a little less than 24 hours from right now because we have a 15-fight card. 5.15. Everything kicked off tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time, before we ended off with Jan Bohovic versus Israel Adesanya for the UFC light heavyweight title in the main event. And we are here for our preview show with all of you guys. There's so much to discuss, so much to talk about, and we want you to sort of help us guide the conversation. But before we do that, I am Mike Hack, being joined by the whole crew here. We got Jose Youngs in Las Vegas. There he is. We got Alex Kaylee in Toronto, the Prince of Positivity. There he is. <laughs> Cooler than the other side of the pillow. And E. Casey Lydon on the ones and twos. The most dangerous mustache in the game. Blue steel. Blue steel. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Jose, I'll start with you. I know Vegas is a much different city in this day and age compared to w- what this card would look like with the fans and everything like three years ago or so. But, you know, there's a lot of media out there. The buzz is in the air. Dana White's excited. Everyone seems fired up for this. How would you sort of describe the feel and, you know, what it's like there considering there's no crowd and not a lot of craziness? You think Dana White, from that press conference, is Dana White sound fired up? I don't think so. Yeah. Like, it's, you don't think we, he's fired we up? Had this comp- we had, no, hell no. We had, like, he's probably <laughs> fired up inside. <laughs> But we were else. talking about this in the media. We were talking about this in the media room, like before Wayne started. Like he was so just somewhere else during. I don't know where his mind was during that press conference. And then if you go watch the interview with Brett, it was just the. It was more of the same. Like he's clearly excited for the fight and he wants this fight to happen, but doesn't sound like a fight promoter. Like you go watch literally any Eddie Hearn interview, and you're like, oh, this is what a promoter sounds like. He sounds like Dana White 10 years ago. I'm not saying Dana White's phoning it in, phoning it in whatsoever. I just think his mind was 
somewhere else this week. Where? I have no idea. Maybe he's working on his Texas plan. But no, Dana White did not sound fired up at all to me. Like his whole, like, sell me the Bantamweight division was like, yeah, it's, these two guys are really talented and it's the perfect time for them to fight. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's what everyone is saying. Like, <laughs> sell the fight. Like, Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling. Like, give me something. Like, why should people care about Megan Anderson and Amanda Nunes? And it was nothing. It was not, it was a whole lot of nothing at the press conference. It was a weird press conference for sure. But yeah uh in terms of the media it feels as normal close to a normal fight week as possible uh without the fans considering the amount of media the prelim media day followed by the press conference the only thing missing was open workouts like i said the same thing on fight island with the with the fans and everything but there's just more media here this time than there was for the connor fight card uh shooting videos and asking questions that is so and from the last 12 months this is as close to a normal fight week as i can recall AK, what's, can you compare this fight week to any other? I mean, I know we're in a pandemic and it's different without having like tens of thousands of people in an arena and getting all fired up for the weigh-ins and all that different thing. But I feel like this card is really good. I think it's universally praised. I, I haven't really found anybody that says like a negative thing about it. So is there like a, an event that you would compare this to in terms of the build and, you know, being a day before? I, I don't know if you can. I, I want to kind of pick up a little bit on what Jose said about uh, Dana White's mood. We've we've seen him, and I mean, we've been critical of how Dana White's, uh, you know, for most things often. But I mean, uh, usually when there is a card that's stacked, we do get that kind of jazzed up. I mean, even a little over the top, Dana. Uh, we've seen the kind of more sedated, some might say tired Dana, maybe at the end of like a four like a you know a cluster of uh, four fights in a month. I think I think the the first I want to say the first time they went to uh, Fight Island. Uh, I remember by the last show he was just kind. Of, you could see he was kind of like checked out. He wasn't at so the is, last show. He went home early. I wasn't at the last show. But whatever the last whatever the last <laughs> show he was at, out, I remember. Yeah, yeah he's, he was literally checked out of his hotel. No, I but I remember like whatever the last show he was at during that stretch. <laughs> There, there. You could just see he was like, I, I want to get out of here. I, I'm ready to go home. But this is, it is weird to see this at the, you know, the beginning of a new fight cycle, right? I mean, that we have, two, you know, that's going to be 259 to 260 this stretch. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure what's up. Um, I, I don't know if it's the the whole press conference had a sedated tone to it. I wonder if everyone is again is just kind of trying to be on their best behavior and. You know, it's just going to be – it's kind of relieved that so far, knock on wood, I know we've done this like 100 times this week, uh, that so far none of the fights have fallen through. We're 24 hours away now from the card happenings. Everything seems to be good. Uh, and maybe the celebration and the peppiness and the hyperbole will be safe for after. But, yeah, it, it, it's funny um, given the – it's funny given the the stakes and uh, the drama, the inherent drama in some of these matchups uh, that we're not seeing a little more you know, a little more sell from everyone involved, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I find it a little bit refreshing, if anything. Maybe it's nerve. I don't know. Maybe it's nerves because, like, he wants to see some things play out certain ways. Like, and I understand that. I mean, you're a promoter; you want to do the best business you possibly can. I thought before the the stare downs when he finally got on stage, he looked like a new man almost. Like, I could see where you guys were saying that he's he was a little more subdued at the press conference and stuff, but I thought he was like in a much better mood, especially when once Jan and Sterling got up there and started facing off, like it felt like his mood was was changed. You could see him getting all fired up. So uh, why don't we start with that fight? Casey Lydon, Piotr Jan makes his first title defense against Aljamain Sterling. I, I think we've all sort of looked at this fight as 
not the people's main event, but in terms of competitiveness, this is as good as it gets. This is high-level martial arts, as Jose likes to say. So what are your thoughts on this fight? Jan's first title defense against Sterling, who, you know, seven years ago when he came into the UFC, we were waiting for this to happen. We felt like this day was coming at some point, but it took seven years to get here. He's finally here. What are your thoughts on the fight? I, I kind of heard the term, you know, I don't like the term, but the term uh, paper champ for Peter Yan. And I feel because um, I think people, even though he beat Jose Otto coming on off a loss to win the title, I really think this is his first real title fight in the sense that he's going against a true number one contender. Um, it seemed like Otto got the got this spot beforehand based more on his reputation and maybe, you know, put more butts in seats or pay-per-view buys. But I feel um, why there's a lot of true excitement for this is because, um, yeah, this is, is, a, is a true title fight between the champ and number one contender. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just super excited about it. And I actually, and I think we talked about this on the weigh-in show, I just don't, I'm, I, I don't know. I know Peter Yan is clearly a A-level bantamweight. I don't know if he's like the best bantamweight yet. And I think we're going to find out Saturday because I feel we truly do have the number one and two bantamweights in the UFC fighting. And that's exciting. Jose, your thoughts on this fight. I know this is right up your alley, but also is there, is there a certain thing, a certain element of this fight that's not getting enough attention? Cause I feel like the narrative heading in and it's maybe it's staying away. Maybe it's other people who have laid this out. It's, it's Aljamain and the, the wrestling and the submission game against the striking of Piotr Jan. And that's true in some of these types of fights in the, of, of this nature. But is that how you feel about this fight now? It's just that simple? Um, it's an interesting question in terms of like, in terms if, if you're asking about just like questions about like this, the stylistic matchup and the skill set. I think what I'm like, I asked both of them at the press conference, like, what do you make of, like I asked Aljamain, what do you make of Jan's, grappling Jan what do you make of Aljamain's striking and I think that's a real question like so far Aljamain's looked has looked pretty much unstoppable with his grappling as of late and he's only lost was to Marlon when he got head kicked and that was he Marlon is through and through a striker and Jan has looked pretty unbelievable uh with the striking and he's looking very impressive with his defensive wrestling uh and he got full mount on Aldo and Black plastered all those punches but Aldo's again a striker so it's not so much a striker versus uh like will the grapple get the striker down or the striker keep it standing it's I want to see both men in the other's world because like Casey said like Jan is clearly like right now he's the champ he could very well be the best bandway on planet earth but I do want to see him fight an elite level grappler uh like we saw like when Habib was the champ we were like oh wait till he fights like a super high level striker and then he just blitzed through Barbosa, Poirier, uh, Gaethje, and he fought like he like now the knock is like even this this knock that's not a knock on Habib because they never got there like he's never had that opportunity to face someone who's just an elite grappler like Gaethje has the wrestling but he's obviously was much more a striker in his MMA so I'm curious right now how Habib uh, Habib Peter Yan fights uh, uh, a super high level grappler. And I want to see how Aljamain faces a super high-level striker. So I do want to see both the others in the other one's strengths because it'll be very telling who who's the who will. I think after the first two rounds, if it gets past that, we're going to have a good idea of how this fight's going to play out. AK, remember around a year or so ago, we had Israel Adesanya headlining an event. He was defending his title against Yoel Romero, and then we had. 
Zhang Wei Li against Yuani and Jacek. And we were like, wow, like Adesanya versus Romero is really interesting. But man, we know that Zhang Wei Li versus Yuani and Jacek is going to be a firefight. Like we just knew we didn't expect it to be like one of the greatest title fights in UFC history, but we expected like a really, really good fight. Do you have a similar feeling with Jan versus Sterling? Are you at that point? Because I kind of have that feeling. Like I, I don't feel like exactly the same, but it's similarities, so to speak. Do you feel the same way? Are you are you putting that evil on this main event? Are you suggesting that uh, <laughs> Izzy again could be involved involved in a tactical battle that may be overshadowed by the uh, in this case two championship fights that come before it? Mike, is that what you're suggesting? No, I'm saying the feeling we had prior to the event starting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, no, I, I think I think uh, all I think people have more. A sort of realistic expectation about um, Adesanya. It's funny, I don't hear as many people now saying, I think like two weeks ago, it was sort of like, oh man, like, you know, Jan Sterling and, and maybe even Nunez, uh, Megan Anderson are, are kind of like, you know, sneaky uh, in the way they might be more compelling than this champion versus champion fight. Now, I, I think we've talked, maybe it's just in the media, now I feel like we've talked about that, uh, we've put up that talking point so much that it's like shifting the other way. It's almost like uh, people aren't expecting uh, Blahovitz and Adesanya to be a classic anymore, which it, which it absolutely could be. Um, I, I just wonder if if because the hype is so big uh, that now we've uh, you know we've said, well, let's you know let's focus a little more on the other two title fights and some of the undercard stuff. So uh, I don't know. I, I know we're going to talk about the main event later, but I, I I do get the sense that a lot of people want Jan and Sterling to just steal the show. And it would be just the perfect culmination of how how strong the bantamweight division has been lately. I think it was the best, uh, most compelling division of 2020. And to kick off 2021 with again what could be what could be a fight of the year candidate, or at least one of the best championship fights of the year, uh, is going to be such a statement for the guys at 135. And I don't know where either guy goes from here. I know that a lot of the questions I'm sure people are going to ask about that. Uh, I but I would be stunned if anyone in the bantamweight division right now is able to rattle off like. A, like three or four title defenses. I think we're going to see this title swap hands quite a bit. Uh, I just think there's just so much talent and also matchup, matchup-wise, you know, styles beating certain styles. If someone could put together a dominant uh, performance, uh, sorry, a dominant run and 135 from between now and let's say the end of 2022, man, they're going to, they'll, they'll make a strong case for being like one of the pound for pound best in, in all of MMA. Let us know what you think about this fight. Also, uh, the, the co-main event between Amanda Nunes and Megan Anderson. We're going to talk about that, and then we'll talk about the main event, obviously. But John Anik was on What the Heck, and he said, man, I am glad that my job does not entitle me to make a pick for this fight. But (laughs) what we do here on these preview shows, we make our picks as best we can. So in the closest fight in terms of the betting odds, Jose Young's on this main card, and new and still, Bantamweight title on the line, Jan or Sterling, who do you got? Oh, I don't know. Your audio broke again. I think I think I think oh, Sterling walks. Yeah. There's a bunch of construction outside, so I try to mute myself oh, okay. as much as possible. <laughs> um, I think Sterling walks away with it, uh, but it's going to be hyper competitive. It's I think it lives up to the expectations, and this is by no means the only time these two will fight. Uh, hmm. I was speaking with uh, our friend Oscar Willis uh, last night, and we were comparing this division. If you throw TJ Dillashaw into the mix, like, do you remember, you know, the four kings in boxing at the, at the peaks when they had Sugar Ray, they had Duran, and they had Hagler Hearns? It was like those four were just 
at the peak of their careers and they were just so dominant and so good and some of the greatest boxers of all time and they were all in the same weight class and you throw tj in to this mix i think the four kings of aljo yon sanhagen and dillashaw i don't know if there's a better division top four in terms of competitiveness in the ufc maybe welterweight maybe lightweight but bantamweight at at this point in time is the most competitive at least uh so i think all four of those guys are going to fight at least two three times against each other in their careers but i think aljo wins in march 2021 and and Jose, look at the guys who are like outside of that top four. Rob Font mm-hmm. is outside of that top four. Uh, Dominic Cruz and Jose Aldo fight in this division. You know what I mean? And and, and they're not even near the top four right now. I, I wouldn't think. Uh, Cody Garbrandt. No. Might, I know he's. I know there's a flyweight, yeah. obviously in Cody, his eyes. But Marlon Marlon Marais Marais is still Marais 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 is Marais still Ricky a savage. Simone. This is yeah. crazy. But I'm, I'm the top at, four. This I still insane. favor those top. I still favor those top four over everyone you said right wow. now in 2021. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So right. I think it's those four clearly are the four best bantamweights in the world. Rob Font, if he if he got the TJ fought fight and won, he'd obviously be there. But I just think Font is sitting Big at spot. five right now, which is his ranking mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. AK, what do you think, mm-hmm. buddy? And new and I'm still, th- what do we got? I'm going. I'm going and new. I'm. I'm on the Sterling train. I've been on the Sterling train for a while, uh, and I think. I think uh, I'll, I'll go as far as say Sterling by submission. Don't know if I can pick a round. Uh, I imagine that most people who are picking submission would assume the first or second round. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's. It. I, I could even see him hurting Jan on the feet, and then and then uh, and then getting the submission after that. So I, I think his striking is at that level where he he can he can stand with Jan, uh, or or at least you know be enough of a threat. Uh, and you know, and his wrestling can help set up his striking, and I think it makes a difference. But it's it's crazy because Jan is so well rounded. You know, we talk so much about um, Sterling's grappling, but Jan really, again, he's he's not a bad grappler himself, especially defensively. He's really good at kind of just getting guys off of him, and uh, you know, getting things back into striking range, which is just we know he's an absolute killer. So um, this again, this is no indictment of Jan's skills. Uh, it, it's you know, he's beaten who he's beaten to get to the top. He's beaten some great names. Some people can say they're past their prime. That's fine, but he took care of business. And uh, and I I just think that uh, Sterling is peaking at the right time. There's a reason it's the closest fight. So I, I'm not I'm you know this is no lock. There's no locks in MMA. This certainly isn't one of them. But I'm going to go Sterling by submission. I think it's going to be a huge huge moment for him on Saturday. Casey, you with these two gentlemen? Um, no, I got Peter Yan and New. I'm mean, sorry, and still and still uh, and New because I I feel like this is the real title fight. I, I really don't I really didn't consider the auto fight a true title fight. That's why um. I really, I really think uh, this is gonna be Peter Yan's night, and um, especially after watching, um, I you know, saw most of his rematch with um, uh, Magomed Magomedov, who's in Bellator right now, the only guy to actually beat Peter Yan in a split decision um, years ago, four years ago, and um, and uh, Peter Yan got that win back uh, a couple years later in um, ACB. I just think Peter Yan's uh, takedown D is awesome, and I think he's gonna be able to. I think he's got better better cardio over over five rounds. Um, he's he has a little bit more cage time recently. Um, with unfortunately for Aljo, you know, having only fought one minute in the last year or something like that, um, which isn't his fault, but it's just how it is. But um, no, I expect Peter Yan to actually um, um, win a clear win a clear forty nine, you know, forty nine forty what forty nine forty seven. 4946. Yeah, 4946. I expect. Also, that that Magomed loss was definitely not a loss. 
Yeah, yeah, it was like he definitely Peter Yan definitely won that yeah. fight. And if you if you watch uh, Magomedov of wrestle, oh my lord, that guy is just like he is just blue, and um, like he's actually someone I wish I only wish he was in the UFC just because I like to see him against other fighters I know about. But yeah. I'm happy Bellator has him, and um, I mean that's just another crazy good bantamweight out there. So um, oh, I am picking Peter Yan with the and still. I have literally flip-flopped on this fight every day this week. And when I make my like final pick tomorrow, it might be different than what I say right <laughs> now. But at this point, I'm leaning more towards what Casey is saying. I'm going with Peter Jan at least right this second. I don't know. I don't know why. I just got that like Peter P- Peter Jan just looks like a guy that likes to break people's hearts and like enjoy it. Like maybe even more than like <laughs> retaining the title, like stopping Aljamain's title hopes seven years into his UFC career. I feel like he would take great pride and joy in that. You know what I mean? He just got that look in his eye. Um, I think his defensive wrestling is going to hold up in this fight. I think he lands with some serious ferocity. And I, I think things are going to get hairy for Jan down the stretch. I think round five could get really interesting. I think Sterling's going to have him in some trouble. Uh, but I think Jan will will hold on and get a decision win in a very, very close fight. 48-47 on my eyes. Um, that's what I think is going to happen. I can see Jan winning the first three, Sterling running round four, and then Sterling making things really, really dicey in round five. But Jan holds on and, and keeps the belts. And a classic. And a really good fight. A fight that lives up to the hype. I definitely see a round where Jan's going to be just defending a choke or something for like good four minutes and we're gonna be like whoa and rogan's gonna be like saying it's over like 20 times <laughs> <laughs> but um no i'm super excited about it and if sterling pulls it off congratulations i love being wrong <laughs> oh but look the but real speak- winners are gonna be us <laughs> but speaking but speaking of just a bad dude wasn't there a, did peter yon I, I don't know had the article but it was like peter yon on a yacht or something did you see that or like i don't know he was like it's just him like on a on a big like a big boat i was like man he just looks like that that movie villain you know it, it just like just this, this this mean guy just on a yacht you know and just just has his binoculars i don't know just i like him he's, he's peter young scares me he's a scary dude <laughs> well i'm sure i'm sure someone has said it in the youtube comments but uh james bond yawn has been was yeah people want they don't want no mercy anymore they want it to be bond peter bond yawn doesn't peter young feel like a villain in a james bond film or something like like he's mm-hmm. like the guy, I don't know, but then, you know, he'll, he'll tell you all the plans before, you know, him and, him and Valentina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's, yeah. there's evil intentions in the smiles of, of <laughs> yeah. one Piotr. Yeah. Like he'll, like he could be on a yacht, but he doesn't enjoy, like he just has a yacht just to have a yacht. He doesn't enjoy the fact that he has a yacht. He's just there and he's taking a picture. He's not happy about it. Yeah. He's like the yacht because, you know, his, his, his competitor, his evil rival can't have that yacht. So he got, he has, <laughs> he's that type of guy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh, we're turning him into a villain, and he's he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy at the end of the night. Of course. <laughs> so that's that is gonna rule. I'm really excited for that. And then, hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around: generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. 
How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun. But it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Coming up next, ooh, the lines have shifted a little bit more in the featherweight title fight. Amanda Nunes was a minus 1,400 favorite as of Tuesday. Some money coming in on Megan Anderson. Minus 900 for Nunes. Anderson's a plus 600 right now. So there is some intrigue on the uh, the Megan Anderson camp. And AK, for those who missed between the links, you stated a, a pretty ca- a pretty good case on why this fight seems to be very intriguing to you. How this fight has grown on you throughout the the coming weeks and days. So, for those who missed between the links, your thoughts on this featherweight championship co-main event: Amanda Nunes, the greatest women's fighter of all time, arguably the greatest to ever step foot in the octagon, defending against Megan Anderson, who this could be her only chance to become a UFC champion. What do you think? Yes, Mike, we have done our job of bringing that line down. Uh, our, our vile machinations to uh, manipulate the betting odds uh, are are working. Uh, no, but I, re- I mean, realistically, look, I do I do think, and look, we're saying it got brought down six to one hundred dog is still pretty big. <laughs> six to one dog is still pretty big. Nine to one favorite, still pretty massive. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that there's some interest coming in on, on Anderson. Um, again, and look, those are good odds. I, I don't I, I I'm I'm not a better, but I imagine your casual better if they have some some cash splashed around to saying, hey, that's that's worth throwing what 20 bucks on if she gets the upset then uh, the return is, is significant so uh th- that probably explains why the line is moving so much but I, I don't know if there is that much real actual public confidence in uh in megan Anderson pulling it off but you know it's it beyond the anything can happen narrative that we could have with these kind of fights or uh so-and-so has a puncher's chance uh like there's realistic reasons to think she could win this fight uh, okay like i i've been saying she is uh, like size wise is really bigger than your average featherweight I, i'm not saying cyborg for example you know who, who nunez fought is like a small fighter at all um but in terms of range it, it's a, it's a totally different beast totally difficult thing to deal with so this is this is and uh Felicia spencer's big too but this is a really tall really lengthy opponent uh and i just don't think that amanda nunez or a lot of fighters uh, who compete uh women who compete at 145 have had to deal with and uh, Megan Anderson, she does not look like a gawky, like tall, rangy fighter. She knows how to use her length. 
She has real power. She's not a point fighter from outside. She's not out there trying to trying to you know uh, just kind of snipe away. Uh, she can do that, but certainly when she sees an opening to, to to find a finish, she's done it. She's done it many times. So she has that kind of power. That that, that threat is very real. Um, and the the grappling is is another story altogether. As we all know, it does feel like you know if Nunez wants to take this to the to the ground. She'll be able to do it. She, she, her wrestling is very much improved from when she started in the UFC. She can impose her will in that department. But, you know, we'll see how uh, Megan, Anderson, uh, Megan Anderson's team obviously super prepared for that. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see if she can if she can convince Nunez to at least stand with her for a bit and have enough takedown defense to to make the fight interesting. It's she she's really live. I I think nine to one. I'll be honest with you. I think nine to one for Nunez is still crazy. I still think that's way too high odds. There are some sites who still have Nunez as a minus fourteen hundred favorite. There's mm. one. Uh, there's one that has Nunez down to a minus six fifteen. So it depends on, you know, go take a gander at some different websites. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at best fight odds right now. They have like a whole list of all the different ones, <laughs> and th- these ones are kind of all over the place. But Jose, what are your thoughts on Megan Anderson heading into this fight? Do you consider her? You either consider her a live underdog or you think she's going to get ravaged here. What side of the fence are you on? Um, I don't think she's just going to get destroyed, but I still heavily favor Amanda Nunes. I just think people like Felicia Spencer submitted Megan Anderson and Holly Holm, a boxer and striking specialist, pretty much controlled her. And yeah, they've shown that one highlight of Megan rocking Holly in that fight and kind of just making her stumble. But like, that's pretty much it from that fight. And then she ripped open Kazangano's eye with a kick. That was like, that was freakish, but like even she was confused by it. And then uh, she, she beat two people fair and square by a stoppage, but um, Amanda's obviously beaten a who's who of women. She's the best female fighter who's ever lit, who's ever stepped inside the octagon, maybe ever in all of mixed martial arts. So I don't think Megan gets just smashed because Right now, James Krause is a cheat code, and he's in her corner. So I think he's going to prepare her like no one else. So I don't think she just goes out there and lays an egg and gets submitted in the first round like she did against Felicia Spencer. But I don't, I don't see many paths to victory for Megan outside of like, if she rocks Amanda like, and just stays on her and puts her away with with like punches against the fence, maybe. But I don't see her out pointing her. I don't see her knocking her out on, on like knocking her out cold. Uh, or ripping her eye open again. So I think her best bet path to victory would be rocking her and then just putting the foot, the, like the gas to the floor and just rushing her. So that's, but again, I heavily favor Amanda Nunes. Casey, we haven't gotten, I don't think we've gotten your thoughts on this fight. We've talked about it in between the links, talked about it on many of, many of show. You've done profiles. You've seen Megan Anderson. You've probably been closer to her than than any of us. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on her chances to pull off one of the biggest upsets in UFC title fight history tomorrow? There would need it is possible, but there would need to be significant improvements on her um getting off getting off off her back basically um i think standing if this is a pure if this is all if they do 25 minutes of standing i think it's a coin flip fight i think uh megan can be amanda Nunes standing uh i've watched megan strike i've watched megan hit pads i've watched her move move around with other um rather relatively same sized men and i was like ooh, she looks scary she's a she's a very vicious fighter and i've seen her up close cage side beat the crap out of women in invicta and but I've also seen Amanda Nunes beat the crap out of women too, very up close too. Um, no, it's a it's. I, I get the odds, 
and if Megan has improved at um, Glory MMA in Kansas City of James Krause, if she's made the necessary improvements, this can be a very competitive fight. Um, otherwise, I think this fight goes a lot like um, Nunes versus uh, JDR, which isn't very exciting, and it's gonna be it might be just Nunes taking uh, Megan down and um, controlling her on the ground. I actually really liked how Megan Anderson sort of, um, you know, was reflective about and how she presented herself at the press conference yesterday. I thought she just kept things very simple. She didn't get distracted by anything. She didn't let any questions throw her off the pressure of the division. She handled that very well. I thought her answers were short and sweet. That's what I was looking for out of her. Not trying too hard to promote a fight, just focusing, keeping things very simple. And that's a very important thing with Megan Anderson because I feel like she's always been very talented, but it's a confidence thing with her. It's a mental thing with her. And these are things she's dealt with a lot in her life. Like if you go, went back and watched like old interviews with her, she's, she was bullied as a kid and, you know, coming over to the States and trying this MMA thing, kind of getting a late start, later start than others. And, you know, just having image issues and like all these different things about her, letting the negativity of MMA fans like affect her in a really bad way, putting her in rough spots mentally. She seems to be in a much better spot with that. Like she's over a lot of that. And having James Krause in her corner and seeing the success of Glory MMA, some of the, sometimes that stuff is is very attachable. Like you you just you just gravitate towards it and Again, I'm I'm not saying Megan Anderson is a live dog by any stretch. I'm going with Amanda Nunes to win this fight, but I think this fight is closer than a lot of people think it's going to be. I think I think Megan's going to come out of there with her with her head held high. She might not be the champion, but I think it's one of those performances where you're like, "Damn, that was uh that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Her stock is still going to rise in a loss. That's what I think's going to happen." So, anybody picking the upset tomorrow? Ooh, AK. I don't know. AK. I, no, AK. no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to make that jump. I, I th- look. It's, I, look, the wrestling was just too. It's. It's not even the. Uh, it's not. I'm, I'm looking before the Spencer fight. It's. It's what. Uh, it's how Amanda won the uh, GDR fight. That really has me thinking. I, I just don't know how Anderson would counter that. If if uh, Nunez decides to go wrestling heavy, I was. I know. I know that's not everyone's favorite. In the, in the uh, small Amanda cage performance. Too. In the small cage, which will be to sure, our advantage. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Amanda, Amanda's advantage. Yes. I, I know the GDR rematch is not everyone's favorite Nunez performance, but she kind of showed that thing that, you know, champions, sometimes it's not your best day. Can you go to your your B skill? Can you go to your C skill to win the fight? And, I mean, her B skill looked like her A skill at times uh, with, with her wrestling. Again, it wasn't always pretty, um, but GDR is a toughest hell opponent. So uh, she did what she had to do to win that fight. And I think uh, Jermaine Durandamy has better take, probably takedown defense than and a submission defense than uh, Megan, and- Megan Anderson. So that's my only reason. But But I'll say this. Um, we, again, we've talked about it so much that if the upset were to happen, it, it would be massive. I'm, I'm not questioning it. I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not one of those people who, if, if uh, Megan Anderson like knocked Amanda Nunez, that would be like, oh, well, you know, we saw that coming. No, uh, it, it would be crazy. It'd be crazy. I don't know if it would be on the level of, you know, like like a Holly Holm, uh, Ronda Rousey thing, which in retrospect, a lot of people, if you if you talk to a lot of supposedly, you know, smart fans, they're like, oh, yeah, well, I knew that was going to happen. I'm like, Maybe you thought she had a chance. It was that was a crazy moment when it happened. So this would be the same way. I think we'd be able to look back on it and say, well, you know, that Megan's a good fighter, and this is why she won. And we talked about this before the, but it was still surprising. But you know, it's, it's pieces are there. The pieces are there for an upset. I don't have the guts to pick it. I'm going. I'm going Nunez by uh, submission. I'm going another championship fight against submission. 
All right, so Nunez across the board. Uh, before I, we move I am, on, I am picking oh. Nunez, but if if I have if if I'm gonna put money on the winner, I would put money on Megan because I think most of those lines you said are crazy. Mm-hmm. If it's just, if we're just going straight mm-hmm. pick them, I'm going Nunez. Nunez by decision. That's I know, but but on the betting line though, throw some money on Megan. That's all. That's all. Yeah, it's dog or pass. If you're, I mean, I wouldn't touch this fight with a 10-foot pole, but it's dog or pass, no doubt about it. Uh, last thing before we move on and talk about the main event, we can keep this as simple as possible. True or false, Jose Youngs, this will be the last women's featherweight title fight in UFC history. False. I think if any, there might be one more, but no, I don't think Saturday is it for the feather, women's featherweight division. Casey, is this it? If Nunez wins, the only way it stays around is if Nunez decides she's not fighting at 35 anymore and she's going to do the rest of her career at 45. Um, so that it, then it was it will be the Amanda Nunez division rather than a 45 division. Um, that's the only way it stays around with a Nunez win. If Megan wins, then, yeah, it's, it'll, be, it'll be around for a little bit longer. Okay. <laughs> Nah, there's still some there's still some blood to be squeezed from that stone. Come on, they they'll 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 find a reason to make a well, again whether it's you know Amanda who said who said that uh, as long as she's she's active she plans to defend the belt. Um, you know even just to stay busy she want to have that thing around give give the UFC uh, an uh, you know another headliner option, and, uh, and if and if Megan wins certainly she would she would either get the rematch with uh, immediate rematch with Nunez or uh, fight the winner of the Felicia Spencer. Um, Danielle will fight, I guess, which seems like an odd thing to say, but it just seems like something they could do. So no, there's titles or props. This is one that still has has a little, it's just the bare minimum enough of value for the UFC to keep it around. I don't know if Kayla would fight Amanda, would she, or vice versa, because they trained together. I mean, maybe yeah. if the money was right, I just don't see it happen. Someday, someday you got to fight. Do it. I know ATT's got like ten thousand fighters. I know that 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 um, camp is very splintered. There's like camps within camps at ATT, so I'm not sure how best buddies they are. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Um, what would would be a brilliant move is if after new if Nunez wins afterwards, she's given her post fight speech with Joe Rogan, the lights go out, and they come back on, and Pam Sorensen yeah. is in the octagon, <laughs> and she lays. Yes. <laughs> I mean, see, she should be in the UFC anyways. Like, that's a fight we should we should have seen already. But there we go. They're gonna. I would like. She needs to be wearing a mask. She's gonna go. She's gonna go. They take it off, and everyone's all like, "Who's that? Who is this? That's the Invicta champ, guys. Come on. I know we haven't seen her in a while because of COVID. She's gonna. She's gonna show up like Tito Ortiz and Impact, and just stand there with their arms folded, and people are gonna be like. This is weird. And then all that, and then <laughs> Amanda's going to be like, no, it can't be. And everyone's going to be like, what is going on right now? And then they're going to put them, they're going to put the camera on Pam for an ungodly amount of uncomfortable minutes, just like Tito Ortiz. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> has, has anyone actually asked Amanda, this is like the, the most awkward post victory celebration ever when she beat Felicia Spencer. And then she offered the belt to Felicia Spencer. Did you see, you've seen that video, right? Yeah, it's just like the like, you you know Amanda meant it as a nice thing, but it just it was just the weirdest yeah. thing. Is <laughs> Amanda ever? Is it? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Mike. Have you seen? You this? Want to touch it, psych. Psych. <laughs> yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen. I have to go back. Oh, it's a, it's just it's it's Amanda's a unique personality. <laughs> 
Yeah. I was too busy watching our MMA fighting uh, media day scrums that AK wasn't oh. watching. So oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking the heat off myself and trying to place it somewhere else. You I mean, apologize. You mean you're doing your job. You're doing your job. Meko heck. No, I'm just Don't kidding. AK, AK is a machine. More than fair. AK is a monster. Okay. Let's go to the main event. Jan Blachowicz just won the title not long ago. Light heavyweight is an interesting division, of course, but his first title defense is not against Klobuchar Teixeira. It is against the middleweight champion of the world, Israel Adesanya, who made weight 201 half pounds with a box of pizza in his hands. Not 193, not 190, not 195. He weighed in just over 200 pounds. That has, I don't think that has any significance to the fight itself, but Izzy's got a chance to make some history here. Join that short list of simultaneous dual champions. Jose, you had the chance to speak with Israel Adesanya. You got to take his mind off the fight. What did you think, man? You were around the man talking some anime. Seems like he was enjoying himself. You know, what have you seen from Adesanya as he heads into the biggest fight of his career? Uh, you'd have no idea this man is about to move up 20 pounds to fight another champion. Uh, he's he's not he's even he's even said like, hey, I'm gonna get in the sauna. I'm still going to eat clean. He's not, he, so he's not just showing up, not cutting weight. Like he's getting his body right uh, for the light heavyweight division. He's just not bulking up. He's just coming in 10 pounds, a little, maybe 10, 20 pounds heavy, but not hitting 205. So, but you'd have no idea this man was about to fight for a, a UFC championship. He's probably one of the more calm athletes I've ever been around in the UFC. Like if he's not calm or he's, if he's nervous at all, he doesn't show it because he is, stone cold right now and it's uh it's very impressive uh but yeah i he just oozes confidence and jan oozes confidence too so i it's it's a tough pick i like both in individuals as people but they're both awesome fighters so i think it's a lot more difficult than people are making out like people just kind of pick izzy to win just because he's izzy and he's been undefeated and no one's shown any signs of how to beat him yet and Jan at one point was what like two and three in the UFC so maybe that's recency bias but I just this is a really tough fight to pick for me I would agree AK we got right now it's minus 225 for Adesanya plus 175 to come back on Blahovich. so money is you know squeaking in on Blahovich to pull off this upside and obviously he's a very live underdog in this fight you saw these guys stare off twice and i know you know we're not fighters so we can't really pick these things apart but did you see anything in those face-offs that made you think like one way or the other were, were, did anything surprise you like obviously when, when megan anderson and amanda nunez squared off we were like damn like we knew megan would be taller but she's like way taller when these two guys went face to face did anything like pop in your mind did you think anything of it or was it just like eh, this is kind of what i expected Gosh, two to one. The disrespect. Two to one. Uh, favorite uh, uh, Israel Adesanya. The disrespect for Jan. Again, and I say this as, as someone who has picked against Jan like six times in his last seven fights, I think, and been wrong every time. So uh, so I know firsthand what it means to disrespect Jan and feel stupid about it. How many um, questions did Jan get at the press conference? Oh. You got two, do you, you got two questions? That's yeah. That's it, eh? The main the, – the, the the a side for the main event got two questions in a 30-minute press conference you're talking about disrespect <laughs> <laughs> well i mean look i Just mean uh, about, how, did, how, how did john anik introduce the man who the anik card was him? the man who the card was built around and he wasn't talking about jan blahovitz oh, is that so. what he said yeah, yeah. oh yeah. i love i love that guy yeah so there we go so <laughs> who was really the a side uh, in the eyes of the UFC? i think 
it's pretty clear. Um, I don't know. Body language wise, yeah, it's tough to break that down. I think the size thing is what surprised me. I saw some people saying like, oh my gosh, they looked like the exact same size. Maybe Jan, uh, Izzy isn't that small. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I think people knew at least as far as height height goes, he'd be he'd be bigger or at least as tall as Blahovich. So that, that wasn't surprising. He did look a little more, uh, I don't even want to know if I want to say muscular, a little more puffy as a, he looked like he was carrying extra weight that he would normally cut. You know, he, he that he was he, he that he wasn't as drained out as he might be at 185 pounds. So it wasn't surprising in that sense. But I do think a lot of people who thought like, oh man, he's going to look, you know, when, this is when the 193 rumors came out, people thought, wow, he's going to look so skinny. And say, nah, he looks solid. He looked like a solid 200, 200 and a, <laughs> 200 you know and a half pounds. If, if, anyone, half if, anyone's, if anyone's been watching Izzy's embedded and all that stuff, dude's mm. wearing a lot of baggy clothes. I think that's mm. on purpose. It's yeah. like, remember when Tyson Fury was on the stage with Deontay Wilder and he would just wear the baggiest clothes imaginable because he didn't <laughs> want to show how fit he was? And then when he gets on the scale, people are like, holy crap. Like, this guy lost like 200 pounds and got in shape. I think it's a calculated move. And then you say 193 yeah. and then he shows up solid. I think Izzy is really one of the guys like who's excels the game beyond the game as it were like we talk about Jan being calm uh, which is great and and that's what works for him Jan should be calm he's got that sort of dry humor in interviews and that's great stick with that you, you wouldn't want to see him getting out of his zone Izzy I feel like ne- he needs to be up to something which is why earlier this week when people said like everyone jumped on the 190 do you know how much he loved people jumping on the 193 thing probably he was probably scrolling to his phone and just laughing <laughs> laughing 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 and and that's good and that's fine that works for him that's what keeps him engaged uh in the match it keeps probably his head straight uh you know in, in the days leading up to a fight because if you just if you just think about it especially now when there's so you know so much less you can do um with with the quarantine uh, protocols you're going to go crazy if you just think about the fight. So some people deal with it differently. Jan, I mean, I know Jan's family is there. Uh, his, his wife was there on Embedded, which is great. Um, and Izzy, again, he's got a troll. He's got a troll a little bit. That's just, just, just how he does. Um, so it's not even necessary to get into Jan's head. It's just to keep, keep himself busy. So the 193 thing was always a bit of a gag, always a bit of a send-up. And uh, I hope he'll realize that, uh, that when he does stuff, and, and like uh, even Jose says, wearing the baggy clothes, it's just kind of – it's a little bit of gamesmanship, and he's so good at that. And I, I, I'm not saying that that has a major effect on fight night. But it is, I think, what makes him uh, so confident and what makes him sort of uh, one of the factors that makes him the best that he can be on fight night is getting all this stuff out of the way. And then when the fight rolls around, then it's just straight, then it's strictly business. Let me ask you this, Casey, because when Anik was on What the Heck, I, I said, I felt like Blahovich was kind of flying under the radar, but the closer the fight's been getting to Saturday, I feel like more respect has come his way. And Anik said something that was really interesting. He thinks the most underappreciated storyline heading into this fight is Adesanya's quest for all-time greatness. He's got a chance to become a two-division champion and join that short list. But I feel I don't feel like people are talking about it as much heading into tomorrow than they did for Connor and Cejudo and Nunes and Daniel Cormier. Like I feel like it's not is it just because it's happened so many times? Like not a lot, but that it's like the fifth or sixth, it's like the fifth time it's happened. Like we've seen it before. Do you feel like that's why this is not getting discussed as much as the others? It's because it's not John Jones. I mean, Jan's the champ, but if we're going to do a true ranking of the top 205ers right now in the UFC, you, you still put John at number one. And that's the problem. Uh, and that's kind of that's as a very smart power move by John Jones to leave the division. But really, you're still the champ. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I really think, yeah, I, I really think that's it. I think you can't talk about the 205 belt without talking about John Jones. And since he's not part of this 
this uh, fight at all, pretty much, other than some tweets. Um, it sounds weird, but he's going to be a, a a paper double division, two division champ, you know? Because John, I mean, if, if Izzy wins tomorrow, we're just going to hear, we're just going to hear John Jones, you know, blah, blah, you know, just, you know, yapping on Twitter. He's like, well, you didn't beat me. You didn't beat me, you know? So, and yeah, he'll have the two belts. Izzy won't care. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just going to be this little asterisk on it, you know, kind of like when my Houston Rockets won their two world titles after Jordan was out of the league for two years, you know, there's almost a little asterisk. He's like, well, yeah, you won because Jordan's not. He was in the playoffs in the second one. Whoa. Yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no asterisk there. No, no, I don't believe in that for. He had already come back. He came, he came back and lost in like the Eastern conference finals (laughs) or something. Oh, whatever. When they won the one year. Yeah. Yeah. When they they won. No asterisk. But it's the no same asterisk. thing. That, 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 and that's why I feel it's just it's the John Jones thing hanging over us. And so this, yeah, I mean, the, the, the 205 belt is, is just doesn't have the same allure anymore because it just got vacated. If, uh, if, if Dominic Reyes had beaten John Jones, like we most of us thought he did, and then Jan beat Reyes, then it would be a different story. But here we are. It's it's like look would would John Jones be favored in a matchup with either of these guys? Yeah, probably. So I mean, that, again, it just, you just have to ask yourself that. Even even Dan Cormier, Dan Cormier. I mean, maybe not now, but uh, a year ago, you know, before retirement, I think he'd be favored against both these guys too. So it's like that's already two names that people kind of think of when they think of you know the best at two hundred five, John Jones, Dan Cormier, and, and 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 that's that's not fair. Again, that's not fair yeah, yeah. to Jan Blahovitz. It's not has nothing to do with Jan. It's just timing. No. I, I, it's just timing, right? Um, so, but that is, you're, if you're trying to explain why there's just that weird kind of, uh, that, that extra lack of, of shine on this one from being a, a champ versus champ fight, it, it is explainable. And, and I think a lot of people feel this way. And it, it kind of goes back to what I said about, about Peter Jan, about the, the bantamweight belt. Even though he's defending it, it kind of feels like this is the real, now the real championship because these are the now the two number one guys rather than Aldo getting a, a courtesy title shot. So. Jose, obviously Izzy is a is a rising star. He's one of the biggest stars in the sport right now. And with a win here, boom, he's off to the races. He joins, he gets a seat at that big table for sure. What if Jan wins? We talked about this in between the links. If Jan Bohovic goes out there and beats Israel Adesanya, does he get the rub? Does he get the rub? Do you think he becomes, I'm not going to say he's going to become this massive star, but does he at least take a giant step closer to becoming a star? Um, uh, it's, it's clearly a massive step, uh, but he's, he's going to have to fight. If he, if Jan beats Israel Adesanya, he's probably going to fight club to next. So who knows, uh, how big of a, how much that will sell, how much interest that will drum up. Like would, if, if Izzy be, if like, would you put Jan, like if Jan was fighting Glover, I would, I bet people would be much, would be clamoring for like the argument would be like, Oh, how come Jan Sterling isn't the main event? over Jan and over Jan Blahovich and Glover to share like that would be people would I can guarantee you people would say that so uh it would be a massive step I just think it would matter what happens in the fight after uh and if he can if he can get John Jones's interest in fighting again but he said he has no interest in going up to heavy Jan Blahovich said he has no interest in going up to heavyweight yet uh, he wants to clean out his division. So Tiago Santos, he's lost to. Ratchik has looked awesome. Glover Teixeira deserves that shot. Johnny Walker's only getting better. I know he got hurt or got COVID or whatever. So uh, he still has work to do. But beating Israel Adesanya before Izzy fights John Jones would be a huge deal for sure. 
I still can't believe Izzy's only 31 years old. Like this man is just getting started. That's a scary thing, especially if he wins tomorrow night, which is interesting, but we're trying to find like different ways to look at this fight that haven't been discussed. Cause I feel like this fight's been discussed since it was signed and we've it's been broken on so many different angles, but we're going to do the moneymaker right now. The pick Jose Young's would begin with you. How does this thing play out? How does the show end tomorrow night? Man, if this was a big octagon, the 25 foot or whatever it is, the one that was on foot Island, I would very much favor Israel Adesanya. But DC is right in his assessment that the small octagon will play a factor and it plays a, it's a huge benefit to Jan Blahovich is he has much less room to um, maneuver and do his, do his thing in there. And uh, I think that Daniel Cormier's reasoning was like, y'all won't be able to set more traps, which is probably, I'm, I'm going to take Daniel or Daniel Cormier's word for it. Cause he's fought in uh, the greatest heavyweight of all time inside a tiny octagon. And then John Anik made a good point. Like he says, small octagons heavily favor, wrestlers uh from watching octagon side because you can just shove them into the fence immediately after like two steps uh you don't have to work towards it inside the small octagon and he said if if and if yan can just and this was all like he was just chatting with us like off the camera he's like if he goes if yan grabs him and just holds him against the fence and just uses his physical strength to just big brother izzy who's the smaller skinnier fighter then he could easily see Jan Blachowicz just winning a five-round decision with like like Stipe did DC. He just kind of clinched him up and held him and worked his body and everything. But I don't think that happens. I think he's one of the most highest one of the f- highest fight IQs in the game. I think he's 100% prepared for that. So I favor Israel Adesanya, but it is like 51-49. I think Jan is an awesome fighter. I just think the small octagon makes this much more interesting. And I'm actually glad this is in a, in a small octagon because we do get that that factor in to see how Izzy handles it against a, a power puncher like Jan. But fighting a power puncher in Paulo Costa and beating Robert Whitaker the way he did and surviving against Kelvin, there's he, every question I've had of Izzy like, what if he fights a guy like this? What if he fights a guy like this? What if he gets in this scenario? He's proven that he can handle it, and we've seen Jan lose. We've seen him stumble. We've seen him succumb to fighters uh, that aren't the same caliber as Israel Adesanya. So I think in 2021, in March 2021, I favor Israel Adesanya, but it is very close. Casey, your selection. Who wins? Who? who how does the show end? <sighs> Izzy takes it. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna finish Jan uh, within the first three rounds. Uh, but let me just say this: I'm looking at my my previous picks. Man, I am bad at picking Jan fights. I've picked against him in his last five fights. Um, the only one I got right was Tiago Santos, but I picked against him against Rockhold, picked him against against him as Jacare, Corey Anderson, and Dominic Reyes. So, but on the other side, I am nine and zero. Oh. Picking Izzy fights <laughs> every time you find it. Every time you find the UFC, I picked him. But uh, no, I just think uh, Izzy's a really, 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 really special fighter, and I think Jan is a very, very good fighter. And I think uh, Izzy, Izzy's gonna win. I think he's gonna piece him apart. I think he's just he's gonna be his timing's better, his feints are better, and I think uh, he's gonna just. Yawn with his kind of flurries. He's kind of slow and wide, and I think he's, he's going to get popped and get countered pretty hard coming in at some point in the fight. 
All right, we got two for Adesanya. AK, where are you at? Make it three. I think that this fight will, uh, for the most part, take place on the feet. I think I think Blahovic will be able to get it to the ground, get it up against the fence on a few occasions, but I have a lot of faith in uh, Adesanya's defensive grappling to get out of those situations and turn things into a striking battle. And if that's the case, there's nobody, I don't think there's anybody in the UFC that beats Israel Adesanya in a striking fight. Uh, striking, you know, primarily striking base battle. I just, I don't think so. I don't think the best version of Robert Whitaker can do it. Um, I, like, I think that rematch will happen someday. I'll still pick uh, Adesanya. I don't think uh, Jan Blachowicz can do it. I don't think John Jones could do it. Um, I talked before about who would be favored if they fought. Uh, and again, in that situation, if, if he, if John Jones handled that fight like he did, like the Tiago Santos fight, like wanting to make a statement and show off, you know, K1 bones, uh, I think Adesanya would beat him. And so I certainly feel like he can beat Blahovich. So I'm going to go uh, Adesanya by knockout. I, th- I think this uh, this one, do- there'll be there'll be some trouble spots. And there'll be moments where Blahovich looks good. There'll be moments where he's throwing heavy leather and has uh, Adesanya literally kind of scrambling and jumping away um, and, and being just super defensive. But he's going to find the range at some point. And he's going to start stinging uh, Blahovich and he's going to do enough damage. And I don't think it's going to be a one big shot. It's going to be a bunch of shots that are going to rock him. And we're going to see a TKO victory for uh, Adesanya sometime after the third. In the third round, the <clears throat> there will not be four, gentlemen. I'm going with Jan Blahovich. I think he gets it done. Uh, unanimous decision. This is not going to be the kind of performance that's going to gain him a lot of fans. Like I know we just asked, like, could this be a star-making night for him? And if he goes out there and stops Izzy early and does it in spectacular fashion, yeah, that could happen. But I don't. While that's po- a, a, a definite possibility because of that legendary Polish power, I think. Blahovich is going to fight a very smart fight here. I think him becoming a dad is going to be a big factor. Uh, the noose is in play. The rope, that uh, the, the legendary rope yeah, that, is that, back that, in our lives. That's, that's, that's an important yeah, factor. That's, I, I, yeah. You can flip-flop if you yeah, want. Yeah. You want to join, well, you want I mean, to join I, Team I, Hack. What did I say? I said third round. Oh, third round. He's tilting. Okay. <laughs> he'll make it to uh, Jan with, with a suicide rope or whatever. Not, he'll, he'll, make, he'll make it to the fourth round. Yeah. All right, oh, so oh, we, oh. Get, we gained him an extra <laughs> round. I'm looking at this, uh, but I'm, again, again, I'm looking at this from a here's here's 20 bucks. What are you doing with their perspective? Plus, right. there's obviously there's there's like legit value in Jan Blachowicz, But if I'm betting on this fight, I'm not laying minus 220 on Adesanya going up a weight class and fighting Jan Blachowicz for a championship, going up 20 pounds. I just I, I just don't feel confident doing that. Like if I had to bet any kind of money and $20 for me is $20. Like that's, that's a big deal. That's some groceries. That's some for the kiddo. That's some school lunches right there. I can't be just throwing 20 bucks at anything, but I could see a pretty decent return for Jan Bohovic. I think, I think there's some value there. I think he gets it done. I don't think it's going to be one of those performances that Dana White's going to go to the press conference and praise. Um, maybe that's why he's in Sancho. Yeah. A weird mood this week that he thinks Jan's just going to win a decision. I think Jan's going to win a decision. I think he's going to have, I think he's going to get in trouble at some points, but I think Jan's going to get his hand raised at the end of the day. 49 46 gets a, a decision that we're not going to like very much. There you go. The master of the upset, the uh, the spoiler. Jan, you know, we said we said uh, on the way in the show this morning, it's unbelievable he doesn't have a nickname. He's the spoiler. I mean, yeah, if, they, if we're joining, going just by his UFC career, the man is the spoiler. He's won, again, I think the majority of his fight, the considerable majority of his fights is the underdog. Uh, what was the only one that he won that he, I think he, he was the favorite Patrick against. Cummins. Patrick Cummins. That's it? No way. That's the only one? Well, I know he's a favorite against Patrick Cummins and he lost that oh, fight. He was, and he lost that one. Yeah. I Jacare, was, he was favorite against 
Jack, he, right. Yes, he was. That's what I thought. Okay. And he won that one. But yeah, otherwise he was underdog to Luke Rockhold, underdog to Corey Anderson, underdog Dominic Reyes. And uh, there we go. Proved him all wrong. Amazing. It is. There you yeah, go. I, I, the Yan the story in the UFC is, is amazing to me just because he's main eventing, you know, the A side on the one of the, the most stacked. Uh, it's probably going to be the most stacked pay-per-view of the year. And he, I mean, just being honest, as a from a promoter standpoint, he was brought in to lose against Reyes. He was brought in to lose against Anderson. Brought in to lose against Jacare. He was brought in to lose against Luke Rockhold. There's no way mm-hmm. the UFC wanted him to win, um, just from a money standpoint. But uh, here we are, and I think it's the same situation right now. The UFC, um, as far as selling pay per views, wants Adesanya to win this fight. So we'll see what happens. I, th- I love the story. I, mean, I, I, I wish I wish there was th- this was the type of fight I wish the UFC brought back um, prime time for a yeah. really compelling story because I want to know more about Jan. I think he's such an interesting character. Like I want to know about his KSW days. I, I was reading a little bit from uh, I think Shaheen's article from The Athletic about you know him growing up poor in Poland and under, under a communist regime and things like that. I was like I want to know that about him. And um, I don't. I just know. I know very little about him, other than he loves his wife, and he seems very nice. And um, when he walks on, yeah, that's about it. That's really all. Did I you know. see? Did you see? Did you see on Embedded his wife talking about him? Like they used to dance. Like they used to take dance lessons. And and she, I think she's she's a bit of a bit of a dancer, and she tried to get him into it. And then I think they asked her like, "Is he a good dancer?" And like her just her answer was just no, terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a one, just one word response. Like no, he's terrible. Stick to fighting. Oh man, so, yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot there with Jan. Yeah, I love the fight. I love the whole card. The card's really good. Great, uh, yeah. Rest of the main card: Islam Makachev versus Drew Dober. We got Tiago Santos Ooh. coming back against Alexander Rakic. Uh, of course, Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. We got Kyler Phillips versus Song Yidong. Joseph Benavidez versus Askar Askarov is a ridiculous fight. Of course, Askarov, the one guy out of the thirty-one who. Had a hiccup on the scales. He weighed in at 127. Fight will go forward 20% to Joseph Benavides. Kai Car France versus Rogerio Bontarin. Uh, Amanda Lemos versus Lavinia Souza. Tim Elliott, Jordan Espinosa. The UFC debut of Carlos Alberg. We got Brady versus Matthews. Medich versus Cruz. Jones versus Batista. This is unbelievable. This is a ridiculous card. And 5.15 Eastern time is when it's all going to kick off as of right this second. So... Um, we'll have our Q and a tomorrow. Julia Abula will join us. What do you think? Four thirty Eastern Casey. What's that? I gotta do the math. One thirty. Yeah. About yeah. We're on one. Yeah. yeah. If it starts at five 15, we'll, we'll go an extra 15 for a yeah, card. Yeah, like this. So I think it's, I, I think it's warranted. Um, before Julia we go, oh, wait, we tune taking, in yeah. guys. The oh, raging we, we, panda. We're we, we doing all the questions the tomorrow panda. on the Q and a, are we taking questions today? I, I guess so. We have to, I think. Yeah. Or, Save them all for tomorrow. Save them all for tomorrow. Or, do we, do we, I mean, we'll, get, we'll get a couple. Yeah, let's throw a couple in. We'll throw yeah. a couple in. Couple out there. Okay. Wet, wet their appetites. Comments. But guys, yeah, keep in mind, again, the Raging Panda, Julia Avila, will be here tomorrow. So we'll have a high-level fighter coming in tomorrow. So if you want if you want to save those questions for her, I don't blame you. But let's see. Yeah, I like that. See what we got, Mike. Yeah, let's, see a co- let's get a couple. All right, all right, all right. We want Jose to be well-rested. Big day yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> i have to i have to get up at like 5 6 a.m to go quarantine but that's right you get a, you get to go to a different spot right yeah so i have to bring all of there my gear and everything and like suit to a whole nother hotel and then i can't leave my room until like two o'clock or something like that oh, make it a little bigger 
Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Uh, over under number of fight of the night bonuses with the line set at one and a half. Well, I am pretty confident that Islam Makachev is getting a bonus no matter what. <laughs> I know, I, I know. That's He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> even, if, even, if Dober wins it, even if Dober wins in 90 seconds. It'll be fight of the night. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's really funny. Um, so I, I guess what, what Scott is asking is, will we see two fight of the night bonuses or will we see one fight of the night and two performance bonuses or no fight of the nights? What do we think, Casey? I think this is going to be one of those uh, four performance bonuses type of uh, – just because there's so many fights on this card and I just feel there's going to be just too many – the likelihood of four great finishes over, you know, two good finishes and one good fight, I think I think they'll rather give out four bonuses. Um, four. So no fight of the night bonuses. I think this is going just all performance tomorrow. Man, by yeah, this feels you, like I wish the an- UFC would break out, break out the piggy bank a little bit. This is a giant pay-per-view, a giant card. Let's give them a little yeah. bit more than 50 grand. I think, they've, I think they've been doing the same 50 grand for the last, you know, eight nine years it's like come on inflation guys let's raise let's raise it up if you raise the pay-per-view prices let's raise those bonuses up mr white that's all i'm saying or get rid of the bonus system altogether but that's a whole that's oh, a whole that, other yeah, discussion yeah, right <laughs> and just and just increase just increase that damn base pay yeah, yeah. uh this seems like an, an easy an easy under uh like you guys said uh i, I can't imagine it'd be I mean, we, we saw we've talked about how many great uh, fights there are on the card but it does feel like there'll certainly be at least enough finishes on there for them to want to uh you know hand out performance bonuses which is their preference um so so I, for me for me to take the over i mean over would have to be like 500 like uh you know plus 500 or something i think i think i i can't imagine i think it's unlikely but yeah you give me plus 500 plus 600 odds uh yeah maybe maybe i'll go over but no i think i think uh i think under is the easy favorite uh like at least like minus i would say minus 200 on the under yeah i think i think we'll get like a normal bonus structure yeah fight of the night two performance bonuses i have a hard time thinking jan sterling isn't gonna get fight of the night tomorrow maybe it's just because i've overhyped it in my head and i hope i don't let everybody down if people just follow along everything i say hopefully you don't <laughs> i think uh, i don't want to let anybody down santos ratchet is a dark horse I think. oh we haven't even talked about Ooh. that fight yet god that fight rules. or uh, or, uh, <laughs> uh who is it brady and um matthews brady and Matthews. yeah that yeah. fight rules too I agree. Those those are the two. I, I think, think so. I think we're talking about Wayne. Because I think yeah. I think I think it's going to be one of those things where Santos fights like he did against. Like we could get like the Jimmy Manoa Santos fight, where it's just chaos for five minutes, uh, <laughs> and they still got a fight in the night bonus, even though Santos cro- like knocked him out. So I think that like Ratchet Santos has all the makings of that fight like that too. Thank you for reminding me about that Manoa uh, Santos fight. Dude, I, for, I forgot how I just—I kind of—I kind of forgot Canada. about, it, but that fight—I I found in the back of my brain, like, oh my god, that fight was. I, mean, I remember that fight. That now, was but. the because Santos reluctantly fought a light heavyweight against Eric Anders, right? Like he reluctantly yeah. fought because he was a backup 
and then someone else like like Anders Anders was the backup, and then the original guy got hurt. So then Santos took it on short notice. He goes, "I'll fight a light heavyweight, so I don't have to cut weight." And then he just won, and then he just won, and he just kept winning, so he stayed. It's like <laughs> Calvin Gastelum; he just moved up and just wouldn't stop winning. Yeah, just oh well. You can make an argument for like any of these fights could be a performance fight. Like even Trevin Jones versus Mario Bautista is a ridiculous fight. Like those two guys are going to throw bolos. Song Yudong, Kyler Phillips is ridiculous. Yeah. That is a ridiculous fight. Uh, we'll move ahead. Thoughts on Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny, Jose Youngs. If Cruz were to win on Saturday, I think he could easily call it a top 10 name like Munoz Aldo, possibly request a Garbrandt rematch. Your thoughts on John's question? Yeah, if he if Cruz wins, he has every right to call it a top 10. I think TJ kind of removed himself from being the greatest bantamweight of all time, so I just think Cruz is the greatest bantamweight ever by default because he was at one point the best ever, held all the records, and the only real time he lost before. Like he got his title taken away from him. So like get your title taken away because of injuries and then come back and beat TJ Dillashaw is so impressive to me. Also, TJ Cruz is one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. Uh, I think that's not on enough list for greatest fights ever. Uh, and it was on Fox Sports 1, no less. It wasn't even a pay-per-view. So, and yeah, what, Cruz and wins. And what beautiful city was that? Did that fight take place in? That was in cold January, Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. that I remember how cold a, it was. Oh, it was, it's, it was snowing when the fights when we got out from the fights. I remember Mike, uh, Mike, yeah, Mike was if, in the press room. He didn't even say hi to me. I was not in the press room. Oh, you went in the press room for that one? Oh. <laughs> I was in the oh, it's a even beat. worse. It's even worse. <laughs> I was in the seats. I was, was a, I, I bought was a ticket for you, that Casey. Casey Why you ducking me, heck? <laughs> that was uh I believe that was the Deflate Gate Patriots night, if memory serves me correctly. Against the Colts, <laughs> where the Patriots just annihilated them. I'm pretty sure it was that. It was it was one of those cards in Boston because I you remember be right. it being very cold. Yeah, I think it was that. But yeah, yeah, they they the one we worked was two twenty. Oh, okay, that they okay. used to go to Boston. Every, they used to go to Boston every January, like yeah. they did McGregor, Seaver. They did uh, Ngannou, Miocic. They did Dillashaw, Cruz. But then they've they've obviously they've gone in the summer for like Sonnen and Shogun, but. For January was it was always January Chicago were like the two Fox cards at the beginning of the year. Yeah, but yeah, if Cruz I wins. Love I would it, love it if he called out Aldo. I would just I just want to see that oh, matchup so much. I would love to but see I, Cruz versus Aldo, Cruz versus Marlon. If they want to do like Frankie Edgar's obviously taking time off, like Cruz Frankie Edgar, like any of those fights, I'm I'm game for. But Kupat like rematch Garbrandt probably not because I think Garbrandt's probably gonna fight Aldo. Uh, Man, or, or, flight, or a flight attendant, but that's another story. Or a flight attendant. Dude, I don't – yeah, if, too, if Cruz wins top 10, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Maybe Munoz. Yeah. Munoz coming off a big win. I am so curious about this fight because um, I'm I'm in the – well, I don't know about the whole Keith Peterson thing, but I did not like the stoppage in the Dominic Cruz-Sahuda uh, fight. I understand, you know, he got he got dropped and everything, but I just think that's part of the fight. I didn't like the stoppage. So, actually, I, do, I, I still don't know – if we have so, peak peak dominant cruise did still. you guys i know i know ak didn't but you guys watched the media day with <laughs> dominant cruise <laughs> we all watched it everyone watched it Explain it was it. he was talking about it he said like the what really backfired in that fight was and i don't i wasn't even aware of this like no fighters talked about it the the warm up rooms are usually in the arena so you can go from the warm ups right out 
the warm-up rooms were in the fighter hotel and then they got shuttled over to the arena for quarantine reasons and stuff because in jacksonville before the cejudo fight and cruz did not cruz did not time it so he warmed up got to the arena and had started to cool down already and then so he went out and fought and he just wasn't prepared at all he said Mm -hmm. and he goes it sounds like an excuse i lost fair he's like i lost i shouldn't have put myself in that situation to begin with but he's like that 100 played a factor is he just didn't time warm-ups right because he's also like he said his style of fighting is very like he goes with the flow and like with the oohs and ahs of the crowd like he can slip in and there's that when you take that out like a lot of factors played against dominic cruz in that fight and henry cejudo just beat the soul out of him anyway so it doesn't even matter but right. i think cruz is a lot better than his showing against cejudo I agree, and that, that's why I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping we still. I'm hoping that I think Dominic Cruz. He's he has a little too much. He has too much pride to come out to to show up for a fight like this and not be the Dominic Cruz we expect. I don't think. It's I don't also think three rounds. Gonna, yeah. More, more, yeah. Which is awesome. I love that fight. Which is I love, really I love, interesting. I love, yeah. You know what? I, I didn't like that fight when it was originally booked. I know you liked it, Mike, but um, I loved it. I, I think over time, I've I've kind of grown into it. So. Um, um, I'm very excited about that fight. And it's free. It's just a super interesting matchup. Like, it's really interesting. And it doesn't, you know, it's not a rankings thing. It's just a, it's kind of an old school fight where you have a, you just have a really good stylistic matchup with, you know, the Wiley vet taking on the surging up and comer. I love when they do that stuff. But uh, let me ask you this, AK. Is Dominic Cruz Ric Flair circa 2006 or seven right now? Like, if he... If he beats Casey Kenny, great. He continues on, but does he fight until he loses and then he moves on? Because he's got like a million options. The commentary, he's got, you know, he's making instructional videos that are very popular. I mean, the, the, the guy is a very talented guy. He gets it. Do you think he fights till he loses? Uh, this is definitely a uh, depends on the method. Depends on the method. I, I think if he loses decisions, he'll keep kind of he'll keep kind of cranking on, but. Um, but I think that uh, if he's like knocked out, if, he, if it's another, I, I mean, I just, if it's another quick stoppage, that's the kind of thing that's very frustrating for him. I think. I think again, like like we talked about the Cejudo thing. Obviously, he wasn't happy about that. Let's all the controversy with Keith Peterson. Um, but I, I feel like if he get, if he does get rocked again and gets hurt again, it, he's gonna have to think about it. He's gonna have to think about it. I could see him losing like two or three more decisions and maybe sticking around, which I know sounds a little, a little bit sad, but I could see that happening. But uh, yeah, me- no, method definitely matters, and. Uh, but uh, it doesn't matter because I'm picking him to win. And I, I know I don't know if we're doing an official pick thing. I I I, I like Kenny a lot. I think Kenny is. Uh, we've talked about him up as a future contender for a long time. But this is one of those. There's levels to this game fights. And six. Who knows? As even six months from now, would I pick Kenny? Maybe. You know. Maybe there's enough development in that time. I think right now I don't think he's quite catching. I don't think he's quite rising fast enough. I don't think that Cruz has declined that much. That uh, that it's. It, I, I would go with Kenny. But. Um, uh, yeah, I like I like Cruz by decision. That's that's such a compelling fight. Gosh, you guys are getting me really excited for it. And like I said, it'll be on ESPN, so a lot of a lot of eyeballs will be on it. Oh, uh, Al Mack thinks it's gonna be it. Al Mack thinks it's gonna be the I love you, and then uh, Kenny is gonna turn Dominic Cruz's lights out. I don't think we see that on Saturday. I think that could happen someday, but um, no, I think uh, I think Cruz sticks around. Even, even with all the other things he has going on, like you said, obviously he's a great analyst. He has other business interests. Seems, seems like a guy who'd be smart with his money. You know, obviously I don't I don't know that for a fact, but uh, seems, seems like he would be. So uh, yeah, he ha- he has options, but I also think he feels he's still super competitive. I don't think he feels he's lost a step at all, and uh, I think he'll want to stick around. Can I throw out a question? I kind of know the answer to this, but 
Would Dominic, if Dominic Cruz takes a bad loss tomorrow night, will he get the JDS Overeem treatment from the UFC? There's no. too much of too much of a commentary business connection, I think, on the outside. I think they'll kind of yeah let him do it at his own pace because it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't think yeah, he makes I as mean, much I don't of those guys either. Maybe <laughs> I mean, like, listen, JDS has been brutally knocked out. Like many to like, but brutally knocked out lot. by by top Overeem five too. top five guys. Like not he was True. he was knocked out by you know back of the line dude. So I think that's really important to note too. Oh I oh no that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's okay. more about a it's it's health conscious stuff more than anything else. I mean, if Dominic Cruz like gets knocked out by Alexander Volkov, that's a different story. But if he goes out there and loses a TKO to Casey Kenny, yeah, that's that's a different thing. But if Kay, I mean, if Casey just lights him up and knocks him unconscious, that's a different story. I just don't see that happening at one thirty-five to to, to to Cruz. I just don't see it. Wasn't John, didn't JDS do commentary for the, the Portuguese market a bit? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So, uh, I mean, Overdoom did. He should. I thought I thought JDS did like a few. I want, I yeah, want, he might I want, have done a few. I want JDS to do the English commentary. I lo- I love I I just love hearing JDS talk about anything. <laughs> He's so bright. Yeah, so bright. Yeah. He is. Like I said, yeah. I, th- I think I know the answer to the question if no if Dominic loses big, but I th- I think that should be you no know, tossed out there, you know. I think it'll get one more. It's a narrative. Yeah. It's a nar- it's definitely a narrative. Like you have to think at this point in his career because oh. he just the way he's always presented himself. Like I want to be the very best in the world. I'm going to be the best fighter in the world. Casey Kenny seems like a very good litmus test to, to figure that question out. Like if in his mind, I there's, there's no doubt about it that he's thinking about if I can't be Casey Kenny, like, should I be doing this anymore? And, and that's what it's I mean. not up to yeah. us to say it. Yeah. It's not up yeah. to us to answer that question for him, but you, ha- there has to be something he, he thought about before you took his pen out and signed yeah. the contract. And I think we all think that Dominic Cruz is that type of fighter that he would not walk out into that cage unless he still believes that he is one of the elite bantamweights in the world. So um, that's why, you know, despite the Cejudo loss and you know, his injuries, I, th- I really expect a, a good showing from Dominic uh, Saturday night. I'm picking Cruz too. And it's not really a skill set thing. I mean, I think Cruz can, with his skill set and the way he moves, can beat a lot of guys. I think he's just sharper mentally. I think we saw that Casey Kenny isn't the most mature guy on earth with some of the things that he said in the buildup to this fight. I know he wasn't all there hanging out with O'Malley and those guys, but you could tell there was some chinks in his armor, so to speak, in the mental game. And I like Casey Kenny. He's a great guy. I've interviewed him a million times. He's he's great. Uh, he's very, uh, he's, he's a good dude, but he made a mistake there and there's some holes there. That's a, a, that's very present in my opinion. So I think Cruz just has the whole package. I think he does enough to get it done. Anybody picking Casey Kenny tomorrow? Sure. I'll pick him to be. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Arizona boy, Arizona boy sticking together. Arizona boy. Guy, they're both Arizona Arizona boys. boys. They're both. Wow. Such a jabroni. <laughs> there was uh I, the Arizona was actually, boy, the big win. God, what a bully! And, eh? and again, bully, and, I, and, and again, there was a reporter at the media day that brought that up at the media day and asked them both, like, "Hey, you're both from Tucson. You should watch the video. Okay, okay it's a good, it's a good media day." 
AK, now I'm just not going to do it out of spite. AK, if you now, want to, now, I, now I have to make a, I'm making a statement by not doing it. We have a YouTube channel on um, YouTube, you know, MMA Fighting, no. SBN. Um, click the subscribe button. Yeah, not only do we have, Leave a comment, maybe. MMAfighting.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a website. There's, there's a, a YouTube channel. There's a little, a, yeah, it's a little there's blog. There's a YouTube channel, yeah. too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, there's a YouTube good, channel. We have a YouTube channel. Um, if you, if it has uh, a little over... Like if you if you add nine hundred thousand to a hundred thousand, we have like that. It's it's around those amount, that amount of subscribers. Oh, now you're like making cool, me do math. Now yeah. you're making me Jose. <laughs> Jose just trying to embarrass me on the preview show today. Goodness, please. It's not. It's, it's, not, it's not difficult. It's not difficult to be honest. Oh, now <laughs> everyone's picking on AK. He <laughs> did so many so many numbers. It's like uh, nine hundred thousand. That's like. I can't. I can't. I don't. I can't even exaggerate how many numbers that is because I can't do the math. Carry right. the one. That's so much math. <laughs> we no, have a, no. We have a. We have a subscriber for. We have the same amount of subscribers as people that showed up for the Toronto Raptors parade. Oh, that helps. That helps. Yeah. Oh, that's a. That's like a compliment. I thought, I thought you were taking, gonna take a dig. No, you're, if anything, you're reminding me of uh, of me being at the parade and feeling yeah, like I was gonna our, die. Except our, except yeah. our, except our, except our subscribers are organized and know how to stand in straight line. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hey, how many uh, championships? How many championships did the Celtics have in the last like thirty years? Thirty. Uh, a lot. Yeah. No. If you go back to the eighties, thirty. Now, not thirty. Now, now who's now who can't do math? Yeah. So, yeah, so we have the same. We have one each. Wow. I can't hear you, AK. AK, your mic's off. I muted myself. Hey. I muted I know. I muted myself. Oh, no. Oh, okay. He was saying bad words like booyah. Hey, I'll make sure, I'll, I'll make sure AK, we go see that, that brand new hit movie in 2022, Raptors Pride, because they have such historical significance that uh, they're going to make a movie about them. Unlike Celtic Pride, the classic with Daniel Stern and uh, if that's Dan Aykroyd and... Piece of Boston Celtics media. It's gonna be a long day. All right. Um, yeah. There you go. Do we have anything else? Nah, I think we're good. I think we can take the rest of the questions tomorrow. We got... All right, listen, there John is. Dingham, if you guys, my boy. If you guys go on, you know, the MMA Fighting YouTube page, you're watching this. You will see a stream already up for the Q and A. What I would recommend you do is go onto that stream right now and start leaving questions in there. Mm -hmm. Leave them in there. Get a head start. Jump right on in because we're going to have 45 minutes to just pick stuff apart. We get a top 15 wow. Bantamweight in the world joining us. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. UFC 259 goes down tomorrow. I mean, this is a big event. I'm wearing my Fedor sweater. That means good things are happening. That means good things this are is about MMA to happen. So. This is MMA fighting on, on YouTube? On yes. The, on, the, on the internet. <laughs> so so get that did you guys get that, get that free AOL guys, disc and just put it in your computer. Yeah, can you can you can you email me the uh the Earl? Can you email me the Earl to the Earl, uh yeah. the MMA fighting YouTube, please? That would be really Get helpful. some sleep, everybody. We got a long <laughs> day and night ahead of us tomorrow. All right. 15 fights. We'll see you at 4 30 Eastern tomorrow for the pre-fight show for Jose in Las Vegas, Casey Line in the Inglewood, AK in Toronto. I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night. Happy birthday, AK. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. 
Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.